It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, ahead of the Toronto Raptors' massive clash with the Atlanta Hawks tonight, we dig into Pascal Siakam. Could he be traded to the Hawks at some point? That's certainly out there. Plus, we will dig into Michael Grange's latest on Siakam, whether an extension might happen. All that, plus your mailbag questions with Katie Heindel coming up on today's show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, December the 13th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website. That's busted at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can find our little family of listeners, little sickos just like you who love the podcast, can't get enough of it, and want to talk to other people who listen to it in the Lockdown Raptors Discord. The link is in the description. It's free to join. We would love to see you in there. It's a wild time these days with all of the spiraling and losing and bad vibes, but it's a nice, friendly place to be. A little therapeutic at times, even, if you want to come hang out in the Discord. You can also, of course, find the show for free on your favorite podcast apps. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, etc. All that good stuff. We are also on YouTube, so you can go subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode when it goes live. It's the favorite move of our everyday listeners. Thanks to our everydayers out there. And if you're not one yet, why aren't you, huh? Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase, and we... Get rolling here on a, it'll be a little bit of a hodgepodge of stuff today. We're going to talk about the latest Michael Grange uh, piece about Pascal Siakam and his uncertain future. We're going to get into some mailbag questions from you, the listeners. Maybe we'll look ahead to the next two games against the Atlanta Hawks, the most depressing home and home, or I guess back to back in Toronto between two teams you will ever see, I reckon. And here to do it all and talk about it is our pal, Katie Heindel from Dime and Basketball Feelings. Katie, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. Feeling festive. Went to a little holiday market last night. Had some hot wine. Nice. Walked around. <laughs> Bumped into friends. It was nice. Hell yeah. I love a hot booze. I love a spicy booze. I do not mm-hmm. love eggnog. It does not uh, sit well with my constitution. And we'll leave it at that. All right, Katie. Let's dive in to the Toronto Raptors, shall we? We will kick off today's show talking about Pascal Siak. And we've got some mailbag questions on Scotty Barnes and some other stuff to get to a little bit later on. But yesterday, Pascal Siakam uh, at practice, as our pal Eric Kareen noted when he shared out the quote, went full DeMar mode talking about the state of the team as it stands right now. 
And that was followed up by a piece by Michael Grange over at Sportsnet, kind of looking at the future of Pascal Siakam and some interesting kernels in there about perhaps roads not considered for many people in the fan base with Pascal Siakam that we will get into momentarily. But let's start off with the quote, Katie. You are the feelings correspondent here on the podcast, of course, as the purveyor of basketball feelings, the single best newsletter in all of basketball writing. Be a paid subscriber. What are you doing? Stop waiting. The quote from Pascal Siakam yesterday at practice, I guess just kind of talking about the general state of things, quote, it's hard. It's hard. The way I look at it, and that's been my, that's been in my life, period. It's never been easy. Hey, you got to fight. There's going to be times where it's hard out there and you feel like you're getting knocked down. Every time you go out there, it feels like a boxing match where you get knocked down and everything. You can't see nothing. You're looking for your mouthpiece, trying to find anything on the floor, and the ref is counting. Blood coming out of your mouth. And the thing is, it's going to happen more than once. That is the state of your Toronto Raptors through the eyes of Pascal Siakam, Katie. Um, What was your initial response to that passage by Pascal, that very visceral, graphic passage by Pascal at practice yesterday? Things seem great, right? (laughs) Actually, I was just trying to think of the last time that happened to him in a game. Mm. Um, Because to me, I take that as more of like a very observational quote not necessarily Mm -hmm. projecting you know he's like uh, someone who's been in the league for a long time now much more probably like more than half his team uh so he's seen some stuff he's been knocked around he kind of knows how to ride these waves right he certainly does in a personal sense when his name is kind of being brought up again and again in mm-hmm. trades and he has to reiterate his stance on things so to me i took it as like this is not really reflective of the team even okay. though perhaps that's what he was asked to put in context mm-hmm. i think this is more of like pascal's perspective on really playing basketball right now Ruggles? which yeah, yeah has to do with the team maybe also has to do with like where he thought he'd be in his career where he where he is in his career you know and mm-hmm. reconciling those two um maybe just taking a look around the league Draymond Green hit somebody in the head again last night. Shocking news out of Golden <laughs> State. <laughs> um, What's going on with the Warriors? I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh. but yeah, I don't I don't take like I take this as someone who's in touch with like how difficult it is to sometimes do the job that he does uh, mm. and to stay even keel throughout it. So I didn't really take this as something that was like so desperate or you know dark necessarily i thought it was like a very interesting thing for him to feel like he wanted to share and also shows the level of like comfort and confidence in himself to um feel like he can share that with a bunch of people sticking their phones in his faces yeah no kidding yeah i mean i think you're probably onto something here because like he's the type of dude i mean how many guys currently in the NBA at this level that Siakam occupies have had the roller coaster up and down sort of gigantic shifts in narrative around his career, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's been like, he's gone through the muck and come out clean on the other side more than once, which is Mm -hmm. uh, I think a testament to him. It's very impressive. Um, So yeah, maybe a little more introspection there than sort of looking at the team around him. And I do think like, I, in general, it feels as though, and Grange kind of dug into this a little bit of the piece as well, like Siakam feels like he's, whatever the future holds for him, he feels like he's very much on board for getting this thing figured out. And like, mm-hmm. 
is bought in, is like comfortable, happy, not agitating for a move by any means or anything like that, which, uh, you know, is certainly encouraging to hear. I like your read on the quote, Katie. It's much better than the, oh, everything is falling apart and everything is blood and hell. Um, that's good. We like that. Um, so in that Grange piece, Katie, mm-hmm. Michael Grange notes, you know, there's a possibility Siakam's going to get traded, all this stuff. Um, we know that that's been out there for a while, but he also brings up the possibility of Pascal Siakam extending sooner rather than later. Um, quote, according to league sources, I've been, uh, there's expected to be a fairly robust market for the Raptors veteran, though maybe not the slam dunk of a return that makes the deal a no-brainer. The Raptors, under President and General Manager Masai Ujiri, aren't known for selling low, which is why in some corners there's an emerging view that another possible path may present itself, or one where Siakam doesn't get moved and may even get extended and inking an extension in the coming weeks. It wouldn't surprise me if there have been exploratory conversations on the subject. Interesting, Katie. What is your read on that? And look, people know my stance on Pascal Siakam. I'd like him to be on the Toronto Raptors forever. I'm probably clouded in my judgment of this whole situation. But I also think the note in there that Grange has about the return not being the slam dunk that they would like for Pascal Siakam makes it to me that the extension, which I've always thought is the best move, is kind of a no-brainer at this point if you don't think you can get proper value back for a two-time All-NBA player who just so happens to be playing pretty damn well next to your emerging superstar in Scotty Barnes right now. Those two dudes are not the problem at the moment. Um, so what, where are you at with this? Like, what, What's your sort of thought on the idea of Siakam getting a surprise extension here? Maybe not even that far away, like as Grange notes for like cap reasons and off-season trade purposes. Um, if the Raptors wanted to revisit it in the summer, getting something done by December 30th is what allows them to revisit moving him in the summer if that's what they choose to do. Or they could see the light and say, hey, why don't we just keep this guy with Scotty Barnes? But that's just me. Um, where are you at? Well, what does your sort of uh, what's your instinct reaction to hearing that? And and what are your thoughts on that potentially being the course of action here for the Raptors? Is it just more of the kicking of the can down the road that everyone's mad at? Or do you think it's pretty sensible? Uh, I think it makes sense in terms of return, just because a lot of the teams other than the Hawks um, that the Raptors had said to have been in talks with mm-hmm. through the summer or kind of in any other time where Pascal's name was mentioned, um, they've sorted their stuff out. So you've got also a lot less destinations mm-hmm. and maybe a lot less teams that are willing to part with who they have because they've made the moves, you know, in lieu mm-hmm. of the Raptors coming through. For them. So the market, I think, has shrunk in that sense, not because of uh, like it's reflective on Pascal Siakam's skill or anything like that, or like which team would want him, but I think of just like which team is available to make a trade. Mm-hmm. I think that market has shrunk. So I think that's probably pretty apt. I, I don't mind the idea of extending him mm-hmm. because I think, as much as I think it may look like continuity. And just doing the same thing for the sake of what they know to a lot of people. It also does give some continuity that I think the team needs and is probably a holdover from the last few seasons where it's like it still gives you direction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a lot of a lot of fans and, and you know, media we report on are we're clamoring for them to make a decision. That is still a decision just because it's the 100%. same thing um but you are saying like yeah we're gonna extend this guy so now we see him in our team's future you know for the next 
X amount of time. And as you said, like if they do want to do something down the road, um, they still can, but to me, it makes sense. The extension part uh, in that story, probably more than a trade, but yeah. Uh, and I guess this is maybe going to be disheartening <laughs> to hear, but like, I never came into this season thinking they were going to be all that competitive. Yes. Sure. But like, that doesn't necessarily mean w winning, like winning every yeah. game, not losing like they have been, but maybe yeah. not winning every game, um, but showing more for it. And like, uh, oh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. I think you, I know you're going like just kind of it, it's less about the results on the win and loss column and more about sort of like the the, the stuff you learn about the players themselves, I'm right? Yeah, sorry, like my brain my brain just reconnected <laughs> itself. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not surprised, and so I don't feel like things are that dire. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, you didn't. I didn't come into the season thinking that this team was going to be going up against the top five in the East. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's 100%. not that was not to be their destiny. So mm -hmm. I think clarity helps them get some more solid footing under themselves. Uh, clarity to me again and extending someone like Pascal Siakam but um, yeah I don't think uh, any move is going to immediately bump them up into the area of like super contender no I, I think yeah this is sort of the the problem is you know you can't look at this as like oh well they're going to solve everything this season they've painted mm -hmm. themselves into such a corner with like the lack of back-end roster development and picks out the door where this is going to be a little bit to kind of get their ducks back in a row but that doesn't mean you have to trade away your still best player or you know or you know toss up between him and scotty mm -hmm. barnes whatever your flavor is that's fine um like their best bucket getter or whatever however you want to frame it like it doesn't mean you have to move him in order to get your ducks in a row it might necessitate other moves if you want to keep Pascal around. And yeah, it might just be that you move him in the summer where you have him under contract and teams are more open to the idea of bringing him in where they know they're going to have him for the next four or five years. That's perfectly feasible too. But to me, the market at the deadline has never felt like it's going to give you all that much. And you cannot afford to just sell low on Pascal freaking Siakam, not just because like he's a really good player, but also just like, what does that say as a franchise mm -hmm. where you have this dude who you turned from a 27th overall pick. He built himself into the player he is within your system. And to just like have him go away for like way less than that type of player should garner. Like that is, I, I tweeted this yesterday. It's like mid 2000s Raptors ass stuff. You cannot go back to that. It would be much better to just keep the very good player under contract and figure it out later. Even if that does quote unquote, you know, kick the can down the road. Sometimes that is good. Sometimes it, you run up against a limit, but you extend him and the limit then becomes a little bit further down the line. We'll come back to the other side, Katie, get into how I think this plays into a really good listener question that came in from Twitter, which hasn't happened in a very long time, but we'll get to that in just one second. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors, because right now, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy basketball picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed fit 
to your roster. And look, I have been using Josh Lloyd's advice all season long. I'm sitting fifth out of 16 teams in the Locked On Raptors Listener League right now. I'm feeling great. It's awesome. And some of the guys he suggested this week are in fact players that I have actually had on my team this season. He's got Isaiah Hartenstein obviously filling in for Mitchell Robinson. That's a big one. I've had Mitchell Robinson on my team all year long. I'm missing that rebounds, but I forgot to pick him up in time, so I lost out. But I will say, Keontae George is one of Josh's picks for this week. Turned in a big game Monday, 30 points. He's not going to be out of the Jazz uh, starting spot at any point soon. The Jazz are not very good. Keontae George is getting ton of, tons of opportunity. He's missing shots, but... He is getting those minutes and putting up stats, and he's on my team. He's doing stuff, and he's helping me to my fifth-place ranking right now in the Locked On Raptors Listener League. Perhaps Keontae George could help you, too, and, and if you're not in a 16-team league, it's far more likely that he'll be available than it would be in our league, so go check him out. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy basketball championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, and it's the same with your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, we continue on here. Katie Heindel of Diamond Basketball Feelings here to dig into some listener questions now. And this one here comes from What the Schmidt on Twitter, <laughs> responding to yesterday's podcast post. And I think it's a good question, asking, is the Raptors front office getting to a point where they're wasting Scotty Barnes's talent? If they end up trading Pascal and other pieces for future draft picks, that could be years away. By the time we cash in on those picks, we could be in a similar situation that we are in now. And Katie, I think this is kind of the whole conundrum that the Raptors are staring down right now with the whole Pascal and OG thing. Trading them, sure, makes some sense in a vacuum, but also Scotty Barnes is in year three, is 18 months away from the start of his second contract. And when you have star players, the clock is always tick, 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 ticking. And I'm kind of with what the Schmidt here on the idea of like far off assets and picks not really being what this team needs because you run the risk of multiple years of pain heading into Scotty Barnes' second contract. And we know what really good players on their second contract start to do when their teams are losing a whole bunch. What do you think of this question from what the Schmidt? Um, I, I kind of disagree in that I don't think you can, the idea with uh, any super talented athlete is that mm -hmm. they're going to get better. Obviously mm -hmm. you can't know how someone's career is going to shake out injuries, etc. But I think with someone like Scotty Barnes, who the Raptors have always said, like, and I, this is probably counterintuitive again to what a lot of people want to hear, but in terms of development, they didn't pick, he wasn't their pick because they were at the time, you know, like in a situation where they needed someone to be impactful right away. Mm -hmm. Obviously that has changed because of the front offices, some of the front offices decision-making uh, sure. and losing more people than I believe they anticipated, but somebody like Scotty Barnes's development, um, you, it's just going to keep going up. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're not necessarily losing out on his best, years or most productive years because the idea is that those haven't even come yet mm -hmm. because you're actually seeing him this just this year i think grasp and really start to put things together uh, and make make a leap significant from last season 
-hmm. his first season and second season, it wasn't like that. Uh, so, you know, as his maturation continues, I think you secure someone like him in their second contract. You're pretty much assured as assured as you can be in basketball that you're still going to have his talent and his best years on your team. Mm -hmm. Um, so I get like the conceit of the question <laughs> and not wanting to have nobody around him or having, I also like you, like you, I do disagree when teams kind of bank everything on the draft or like mm -hmm. imaginary picks because the draft is such a gamble. It can go um, very wrong for you. Like 98% of the time, if not yeah. more. Uh, and I say this is someone who loves the draft, but I still recognize like this is, ne is never a surefire thing. Uh, and then you also have to factor in time, which nobody wants to do, but like, look how long it took for Scotty to get here long in NBA terms, right? Three yep. years is three seasons is nothing, but in NBA terms, it is forever. So you're then looking at him in his sixth year, maybe if like a, some imaginary pick comes in and takes about the same time to get to where he is. Like none of this is actually good for building a team in the mm -hmm. short term that looks competitive. So I get it. I agree and disagree, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a, an important question to ask because you don't mm -hmm. want to be sitting there wasting a, have like a star talent and having mm -hmm. a roster that's not befitting of his skills. I think it's probably too early to say that they are wasting him, right? Like it's like you said, he's year three. Like it, it's things can change very quickly, and having a player like that often begets getting more good players like that because it forces you into like win now trade mode or, you know, maybe it's it sort of, you know, I mean, it's, I'm not saying some some guy's going to be like, go trade me to the Raptors so I can play with Scotty Barnes. That's not happening right now. But um, I, I do think, you know, it's a different thing when you have a player like that. It becomes a little bit easier to kind of figure things out on the margins if he becomes the type of player we think he's going to be, which the returns from this year so far, pretty encouraging. Um, this is, though, why I think keeping Pascal Siakam and or OG Ananobi is important because mm -hmm. you cannot have like it's important to have co-stars for your stars. We've seen it happen so many times. You know, the, the Mavericks, they seem to have figured things out sort of now if Kyrie Irving constitutes figuring it out. But like they spent a long time being like, OK, we're freaking out here because our team stinks. And Luka Doncic, he's going to have wandering eyes and we don't have someone to pair with him like the. New Orleans Pelicans for years wished that just dreamed they had someone of the level of Pascal or even OG to pair with Anthony Davis, right? Like you have teams that can get deep into the second contract for their star players and then it becomes desperation mode. But if you go about keeping the good players, then I think that's a helpful thing. Obviously, the problem with the Raptors here is to better assemble a fully fleshed out roster around Scotty Barnes. You may have to trade one of Pascal or OG. I don't think that is indicative of like their their lack of ability to play with Scotty Barnes. I think it's pretty clear at this point. Those three dudes are not the problem. It's the fit of the roster around them that is causing kind of the issues we're seeing. And I do think there is more creativity, inventiveness with lineups that they can roll up this season to kind of let those three shine a little bit more too. We'll see if they get to that. It sounds like at least one or two more games of the starters per Darko yesterday can't wait, uh, but maybe the Hawks are the uh, the balm for a, a struggling lineup. We'll see. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a really important question to consider. And I think it is a question that complicates all of the Pascal and OG stuff, whatever the outcome is there. And it's why I think the talent play of Pascal in particular, this dude is awesome. 
you have a chance to keep him for four or five years. Like, why would you not set Scotty Barnes up with a running mate? Even if the fit isn't 1000% perfect, guess what? Like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that's not a perfect fit, but they've made it work. Um, lots of teams go with imperfect fits, but they make it work. And that's kind of where I'm at with the Pascal stuff. And, you know, OG, I think to a lesser extent, because I think OG is less of like a star as, as opposed to just like an excellent, excellent player um, who fills many very important roles. But yeah, I, I think it's a good question. Maybe a little early to get too red flaggy and, and panicky about it, but um, certainly something you got to keep in mind. And it's, it's, I do think the idea of, oh, let's get some picks for two, three years down the line. Like, I don't think that does anything to help with the Scotty Barnes thing right now. It just does not, unless you're trading those picks for actual players right now, which maybe is a thing they can do. We'll come back to the side, Katie. we got a couple more listener questions to get to. A really interesting one about Kyle Lowry and how a not completed trade all the way back, I guess about 10 years ago this week, um, informs perhaps or not the Toronto Raptors approach to core players these days. We'll get to that in just one sec. But first, got to tell you, about our good friends over at Game Time, the single best place for you to go and buy tickets for your next event, whether it's a sporting event, music, comedy, theater. It's all there on Game Time for you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I am a regular user of Game Time as someone who likes to keep an eye on the ticket market for games that are going on with the Raptors. You know, sometimes my cousin and I, he lives in Toronto. I'm in the hammer, right? In, go train rider right way. We'll keep an eye in the afternoon. Ooh, Raptors tickets, a little cheap tonight. They're playing a bad team. It's the Wizards. It's the Hawks tonight, for example. And sometimes we'll be able to score some cheap tickets with a last-minute deal at game time to go and take in what will probably be a very disappointing Toronto Raptors game if uh, things you know keep up with the regular pattern we've seen so far this year. Either way, go to game time and get your tickets and take the guesswork out of buying those tickets and download the game time app, create an account, use the code Locked NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked on NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked on NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked on NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, rounding out the show here with our fave, it's Katie Heindel talking mailbag questions from you, the listeners. A reminder, if you ever want your mailbag question answered, Drop it in the Discord. The what the Schmidt question from Twitter, that's the exception, not the rule. Uh, it was just a good reply that I thought was a good question to talk about on the pod. But mostly you're going to drop your mailbag questions in the mailbag chat in the Discord. So join, and we would love to see you in there and get those questions in. Next question here comes from Skip to My Lou, and I think it's an interesting one, Katie. Do you think almost trading Kyle, of course, the failed Knicks deal for Iman Shumpert in a first-round pick uh, and having it lead to our first championship has made Masai more patient with core players uh this is interesting the things that happen to you in your life inform the way you live your life later on this is a thing i i think it kind of stands to reason that maybe that bit of serendipity of keeping kyle lowry and all that came after certainly does inform what the raptors do but where are you at with katie like do you think this is a thing obviously we don't know for sure without asking miss ayujiri and giving him truth serum but um do you think this is something there's there's some legs to this theory um, yeah, I mean, I like it because it's generally how I approach 
like my fandom and how mm-hmm. I kind of view and deconstruct the game um, with patience, but it's a really, <clears throat> excuse me, outlier opinion. Mm-hmm. I also think you can't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't Masai's patience. Like, yeah, that trade didn't fall through, but there could have been a ton of reasons as to why. And it may not have just been them pulling the plug and being like, let's wait and see. No, it was um, James Dolan being scared is what it yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> pretty well so documented. <laughs> you kind of lucked into some patience, but you also lucked into DeMar DeRozan talking Kyle Lowry, right? Into mm-hmm. staying. You had one person who believed in the team and one person who was just like thought they were just going to be in it's like slingshotted out of its orbit um, really quickly based on his track record, right? With mm-hmm. teams up to then. So yeah, you had a lot of success. You you kind of knocked on defeat's door in a lot of really brutal ways also in those seasons, which I think uh, is it easy to, to overlook, but I also don't doubt that there was some pressure to trade one of Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan in those days too. Like Mm -hmm. in all of those defeats, uh, like against, you know, the Celtics, the Wizards, the Cavs for so many years, when you just like couldn't get over the hill. Like Mm -hmm. I don't think that was solely guided by patience. I think there was a lot of frustration and trades that didn't pan out, right? And I think Kyle Lowry has spoken to that as much too for the amount of times that he – heard or thought he was going to be traded and a deal kind of fell through. So like, it is a nice conceit. Mm -hmm. It's not, I don't think how it worked. I think they kind of lucked into it. I think what I think probably informed their patience or maybe reticence sometimes to let go of, um, you know, guys that become their core players and really representative of the franchise is the bonds and relationships they built Mm -hmm. with like Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, which is not like a, bad thing also to inform your decision making like i know Mm -hmm. it is a ruthless business but um wanting to do right by the people that have helped like shape and form and inform your franchise and yes your decisions in that sense um isn't such a bad thing yeah so there's some truth to it but i think it would be a little bit revisionist to say like oh they're such patient people now (laughs) yeah yeah i i think Look, I, I think in general, the front office, their MO is let's not overreact to stuff and let's not like make trades for the sake of making trades, right? I think that is pretty clear. Yes, they've made some trades that haven't worked out, but I think they've been pretty studious when it comes to like, okay, this is what we're going to accept for this guy. And if not, we're just not going to make the trade because we don't think it makes sense for us. And mm-hmm. look, it's gotten into some trouble, of course. Like, could there have been times where they move OG Ananobi and have less of the cloud hanging over this year's team? Absolutely. Same goes for Pascal Siakam, I'm sure. But I also don't think it's inherently a bad thing to value your own guys, want to be loyal to them, and want to try to figure it out with your own guys. Like I think there's something admirable about that. I think the, the issue, and I think I'm coming to grips with this a little bit too, as someone who continually looks at the, at the last decade and sort of the the arc the franchise took. Obviously, that was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing, right? Where you go from borderline tank job to, oh my God, we've won 47 games, and oh my God, like this is um, you know, something we can kind of set up for a multi-year run here. That doesn't always happen. It may never happen again, but I think the general MO of it, of like, let's just be patient and not overreact and be okay with just being pretty good 
not feeling like contention is the be all end all of everything all the time. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty sound way to go about thinking things. The problem is Kyle Lowry, the more we get removed from the Toronto Raptors with Kyle Lowry, the more I think you realize that dude was one of one. That dude was the guy who made the whole thing work. He was a basketball genius. He was one of the most underappreciated players of his entire generation and one of the most important players of his entire generation. When you really tell the story of the 2010s NBA, you cannot tell it without Kyle Lowry being heavily involved. And I just think they don't have a Kyle Lowry right now. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. There aren't many Kyle Lowry. Kyle's Lowry? Is that what I'm looking for? Um, But I think... Yeah, that's maybe where the front office, if, if this is actually, if there is legs to this theory and they are patient with their guys because they're hoping for another Kyle-like track, you're probably not going to get it because Kyle Lowry is, like I said, one of one. Is that maybe like a fair sort of summation, Katie? Like, do you kind of feel that as well with the whole, you know, you're not really replicating that dude reality of it all? Yeah, and like to further that, that's why I think it would be a bit silly to bank on the exact same it's like lightning striking twice right Sure. it's not in real life terms and in sports terms where i think it's even rarer mm-hmm. um, it it it's great if it informs their decision making and maybe it makes them operate in a more like front-facing honest way which you know from my experience like chatting with athletes both current and former would be and is like a welcome thing you know, to not have someone like lie to your face uh, <laughs> in terms of like what your future looks like. So if that's the way that like if Kyle Lowry uh, helped them to maybe, I don't know, inform their character mm-hmm. a bit like better, that's great. But otherwise, I think, yeah, you the, it is like a nice place to dwell in the past, especially when things like have worked out and you can kind of trace the arc. But like you can only do that retrospectively. So mm-hmm. I think. It would actually be worse for them if they counted on if they like rested on their laurels and counted on something like that happening twice. Patience not bad, but yeah. also like you can't just be like, well, this worked once, so of course you know it's going to work again for us because sure. like it wasn't just Lowry; it was like everybody who was on any iteration of those teams and things mm-hmm. kind of like panning out exactly so. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think in general my philosophy tilts towards staying competitive and trying to be good and and hoping that you can parlay that into being better Mm -hmm. but of course that gets a lot harder when you don't have a kyle lowry type to help you do that and give you a constant floor and if you're gonna try to do it again there is inherent risk of it of it not working as well if you don't have a guy like that and that's just kind of where they're at it's not to say they can't get a guy like that and also that version of the team last year's that like last decade's Mm -hmm. team did not have a scotty barnes at any point ever so it's all different it very mm-hmm. obviously is varied in terms of the situations that both squads are in um but yeah I, I think the the ghost of kyle larry looms large all over everything obviously because uh how could it not he's the coolest and the best um that's a good question i think we'll leave it there it seems like a good place to jump off katie thanks so much for hanging out today it was lovely to have you of course uh anytime we can talk about how rad kyle lowry was it's a good podcast to me that's classic sean and katie stuff right there (laughs) Um, do you have anything you want to plug for the good people out there no not really you already plugged basketball feeling so and i'll do it again damn it (laughs) go to basketball feeling subscribe pay the seven dollars it's well worth the money 
great stuff. Uh, you're amazing, Katie. You're just the, the single best entity in all of basketball writing. And I will tell you that until I'm blue in the face. I don't care how uncomfortable it makes you feel. Uh, we will leave it there. Uh, go find the show wherever you get your podcast. Of course, subscribe, rate, review all that good stuff. Uh, we're on YouTube, of course. You can subscribe over there. We will be breaking down the game against the Atlanta Hawks on tomorrow's podcast, so you have that to look forward to. Uh, we'll see what we're doing on Friday. TBD. I actually have to travel Friday, so there might be no episode. We will see. But uh, also next week, we've got Dave Dufour lined up. He's going to come on at some point next week to talk about the Raptors' defense, which is obviously not so hot right now. We'll get a coach's perspective from the assistant coach of the Georgian national basketball team, in addition to all of his wonderful work over at The Athletics. So you have that to look forward to next week. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. We will talk to you again very, very soon. Enjoy the hilarious game that is sure to ensue tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. We'll talk to you after. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.